This is At the Table, a political conversation. I'm Jared Rizzi. For seven years, I was a White House reporter for my, basically my entire life. Before that, I was involved in the restaurant business. And the idea for this conversation comes from the idea of embracing hospitality, having a little bit of fun along the way, making sure that because in this political moment, we need hospitality desperately. We are too easily telling people to go back from where they came from instead of saying, come here with me and have a little bit of a good time. And I hope you're able to come here with me and have a little bit of a good time. We're having these conversations, by the way, uh, once a week in Local 16, which is right in the heart of the happening part of the District of Columbia, uh, 16th and U Street. And if you're able to come down, we did it last night for the debate. We're doing it again for the debate. Next Tuesday, we're going to do it. Uh, we're going to have another uh, good conversation. And yeah, it's been wonderful so far. Everyone's been really lovely here uh, for the, the staff and everyone else uh, has been very generous in letting us have this place. And so that's the thing that I want to pay forward with the hospitality and the and the just this idea of giving a damn about the other person, making sure that you acknowledge their humanity for a moment and also uh, try to get past the rank bullshit of every single day of our political lives of the last few years, because it has been a real slog. And that's why I was so grateful for uh, the comedian that we had, the wonderful Michelle Sometimes, who uh, spoke for a few minutes. Uh, and if you didn't hear that, uh, if you're hearing this on the on the regular thing, uh, patrons get that, uh, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, please sign up. You get the, the extra stuff and a bunch of other rewards that I've tried to make uh, applicable to you. But let me get past all of that and get to the conversation we're having tonight. Because in a few minutes, the second night of the second round of the Democratic debates, 10 candidates will be up. And joining me is the communications director for Daily Coast, Carolyn Fiddler. Carolyn, thank you so much for spending some time with me again and at the table. Our first return guest. Oh, thank you so much. very exciting. Thank you for having me and thank you for acknowledging my need for a beer right now. Yes, we are both enjoying... A beer Michelle had, a Pinot Grigio, and I think later in the evening I'll probably just have, like, Tom Collins's, depending on how Joe Biden does. Uh, if he does well, I will need more uh, because I, you know, that's, that's where I am right now. Um, Carolyn, I, I want to start with an apology because the last time we had you on, it was an acknowledgement that you are wasted at national politics. We should be delving deep Ouch. into state politics. <laughs> no, th- because we, we should be talking about this, the, the place. You shine in all of these places, but most importantly and best in state issues. We talked about, uh, we had, last night we had Chris Melody Fields from Ballot.org, from BISC on, and we were talking a lot about ballot initiatives all around the country. I want to... I'm, I'm, so I'm apologizing to you for focusing on national politics and once again wasting you on these, these ten people, uh, at, at least two of whom could one day be president. Let's, let's start with what your expectations are and what you thought from last night. Again, Carolyn Fiddler, who's with the Daily Coast. You watched. I saw you tweeting. There were a lot of gifts. What did you think of last night? If you could distill it for a radio audience without using uh, something from Arrested Development or Tom and Jerry. <laughs> Uh, last night it was uh, it was Warren and uh, and Sanders versus everyone else. Everyone yeah. everyone else decided to tell their their message. Everyone the other eight candidates' message last night was be scared of the liberals, and and Sanders and Warren were like our ideas are good. Stop being stop being wusses. Um, 
and they were aided and abetted oh, gosh, by yes. the CNN moderators who uh. and and Tapper for the first like 45 minutes and then Lemon and Bash for the rest of the time as well there seemed to be a framing and I want to focus a little bit about this how frustrated were you? Because I was mashing keys and grimacing, um, which I think is, if you're a member of Congress, that's actually all you have to do when the president says something racist, is just kind of frown and then point to it. Um, but I was, I was so frustrated with the framing of these questions. What did you think about, for example, Medicare for all being framed as taking something away from someone? Right. No, I, I can't even imagine. As someone, I, fun fact about me: I got my start in D.C. at Media Matters, so I'm, I'm well acquainted with, uh, you know, identifying when media puts things in a right-wing frame and tries to sell it as mainstream. Um, but like, even without that sort of background, it was pretty obvious, I think, to to anyone that these uh, these questions were framed as uh, they were right-wing talking points framed as debate questions, a, a Democratic primary debate, no less. Like, why why would you ask questions? in that way when your audience is almost exclusively Democratic primary voters. We're going to be unhappy about that. And the president of the United States on the toilet. Like, that is the other part of this, is Ew. that he is, like, rage-tweeting. Or he actually, he, he withheld last night, I think. He was not um, doing anything and then kind of waited until the next day where he was just... Okay. His attention span is not long enough for one of these debates. And and there will be, I think, two and a half uh, years of content that they'll be putting out on the on the two and a half hours of content that they're putting out tonight. No, I think uh, years. I think you're yeah, right. Okay, the first yeah, time. okay. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a slog. And much like everything else in our political uh, in our political moment, it is draining of our emotional intelligence and attention span and energy it is literally this is this is emotional labor to sit there and watch a, a let's say future healthcare lobbyist John Delaney talk about why he might be president because this is just a, a crazy moment for for Democrats to have to pretend like all of this is is going to be what we're talking about six months from now. Yeah, because it's, it's not. I mean, who knows who's going to make it into the next uh, round of debates? Hopefully not round. Hopefully it's just one. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's a lot to get through. I just hope we're spared a pregame show tonight. I mean, what was that? I mean, look, the, the, the debate in Miami, the one hosted by MSNBC, was not perfect. But I think it was a, it was a damn sight better than what CNN tried to perpetrate last night. And who knows what they'll do tonight. Well, okay, I just want to push back on this because I slightly disagree. I actually thought I learned more about the candidates and their positions last night. Now, again, it wasn't much, right? <laughs> I mean, we're talking in 30-second sound bites. That's a limited utility for anyone who's got, you know, more than a few brain cells and you and I are having enough beers where, you know, who knows what we'll be satisfied with by the end of this evening. But I think there is a real question of... I actually got something, especially because they allowed these topics to ruminate for a little while. We actually got like 25 minutes on healthcare. Now, That's a good point. was it useful? <laughs> Some of it. Um, but was it, it wasn't this, everyone answer this question. Okay, now everyone answer this question. And that, that to me was a little bit more useful. I, I didn't like the framing. I didn't like the, um, a lot of the other stuff. But I did think I actually learned a little bit about, uh, for example, 
the only person who was willing to say, hey, guys, uh, the Republicans are the ones who want to take away health care and they want to do – like, why are we using their talking points? Sanders Warren. I mean, this goes back – this reinforces your central point, which is they were essentially – you know the the ones on the only ones on stage worth really paying attention to. Yeah. Now, um, I also last night I learned a lot about uh, John Delaney because he got a lot of questions. What is a former congressman from Maryland doing? I mean, what is? Does he have photos of CNN that are in compromising photographs? Yeah. I was just wondering what kind of like dark deal they struck. <laughs> He's like, I will get X number of questions no matter what or else. Who knows what the else is? So we we were both unsatisfied which uh you you know you've been a professional democrat for in different capacities for quite a long time and i've been a journalist for quite a long time we're both used to a, a certain amount of disappointment in our regular daily lives uh, <laughs> I, started, I started my career in virginia politics in 2000 oh boy am i used to disappointment <laughs> That's the understatement of the millennium uh so uh, and that's just and that's just our our uh, personal lives um but then we but but Let's talk about tonight because I, I am I am excited about tonight. There will be at least a little bit more diversity on stage. We Thank saw uh, an all white panel last night. A lot of white guys yelling at each other. Yeah, you know I just think that they're too emotional for the job, I uh, think Sa- especially Sanders. I kept thinking if a woman were yelling as much as Sanders was yelling last night. And now you fall into the trap because isn't that Tim Ryan's talking point right now? <laughs> all day long he has been tweeting, "You don't have to yell." Civility is important. So remember where you're falling into a rut and look who you're helping. That is the, like the whitest stance you can possibly <laughs> take. Like we, we knew he was. Like he kept like talking about, you know, I'm from the Midwest. Just as a reminder, we have to appeal to these Trump voters. Yeah. Like that's going to happen. Um, but then Democrats- he reinforces today like unnecessarily. We know you're white guy and we know you want to speak to white voters in Iowa. We get that. You know, Democrats haven't won a majority of white voters since the the Civil Rights Act. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the Trump reelect is going to be the time when they win them back. Absolutely not. This fantasy needs to die. And to ignore the base who not only comes out to vote for Democrats, but who volunteers for Democrats, who does the, does the work. I think that's an ins- – so hopefully we'll get a little bit more of that tonight. Tonight we've got Michael Bennett, uh, Senator Gillibrand, uh, Senator Bennett, Senator Gillibrand, uh, uh, former HUD Secretary Castro, Senator Booker. Uh, we've got the former Vice President Joe Biden, Senator Harris, Andrew Yang, uh, Congresswoman Gabbard, Tulsi Gabbard, Governor Inslee, and New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio. I do love the fact, by the way, that Bill de Blasio is on the far right of the stage, not because of that's reflective of his politics, but because he just has that little support. <laughs> is that he is basically he is basically equivalent to where Governor Bullock and Marianne Williamson were last night. To oh, give wow. you, a, I know. For, for so, what are you expecting? Let's talk about tonight. What are you expecting tonight when we see these ten candidates, all of the candidates of color, men and women of color, and a few others as well, uh, up on the stage? Well, I'm expecting uh, Andrew Yang and uh, Michael Bennett to uh, punch each other. I'm just kidding. Um, they had that. You fake do love Twitter UFC, feud. so I do, I do. But they had that fake Twitter feud, and 
I'm part of me really hopes that at least they'll bring some entertainment value <laughs> to this debate. And Joe what Biden's also, also he's all well, yeah. Uh, universal basic income and uh, nothing else for Andrew Yang. Um, uh, Joe Biden's also been very uh, interested in fisticuffs. He's been threatening the current president of the United States, saying that he could beat him up. So maybe there will be a lot of you know for the for oh, the yeah. UFC Booker, fan. Cory Booker also had this testosterone fueled like nonsense a little while back. Yeah, but he's he's a vegan, so I just don't know, you know, that's if he's. So, I know it's, so it's, it's my only scintilla. I'm not it's, even sure what that is. It's so it's my only scintilla of machismo left. Actually, <laughs> everything else I have scrubbed clean. Uh, but I I will I will uh, no. I actually think paleo normative. I'm not a paleo normative. Um, yeah, I do have to get rid of that because it's 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 problematic, I, and someone's going to cancel me for it, frankly, and and I can't afford that right now. Um, no, but what are you ta- aside from uh, attempts at fisticuffs? What do you think for tonight? I think it's going to be everyone against uh, Kamala and Joe. I think that's what we can expect. Will there be the same dynamic that no. we saw between them last time? Because they were mm-hmm. on the issues, of, particularly of race. They basically were talking at each other for most of the evening. I think they, I think, well, at the time of the last debate, that was, that was very recently in the news. And I think they both are smart enough to know that uh, no one benefits, especially them, from a rehash of that. I think they're going to be right. focused on other issues. Um, and, I mean, it's not like there's no overlap in their positions. I think that the other candidates also watched last night's debate and... Maybe they thought that eight against two was a good way to go, and so maybe they're going to try that again. Because these candidates are trying to maintain some level of support enough to be in the next round of debates, and only a few of them have qualified. Or maybe someone's going to go the Marion Williamson route and like talk about love and crystals and um, hope to get a big search bump like she did, and maybe, I don't know. Okay. Again, I'm drawing on your professional background having done this for as long as you have would democrats ever elect, uh, nominate let alone elect the female version of donald trump entirely charlatan vacuous self-help i mean the self-help analog is almost perfect he is to you know prosperity gospel what she is to you know crystals and tarot so i mean i just don't well i don't think there's a i mean her no, but if Oprah were to run, she'd have the, the nomination locked sure. up. Sure, okay, crap. This goes back to a, a central point, and once again, I'm going to reference uh, our wonderful opening act, which uh, Michelle sometimes, who basically saying that you know we we can get away with certain amounts of thing, and uh, you know I. I Democrats are what is it the, the that sometimes friend you know the, not the best uh-huh. friend that you thought they were. Um, I'm I that's upsetting to me, but you're probably right, and I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I, I'm I'm not surprised by really much these days. Yeah, <laughs> and so we're going to see then a resurrection of a reality show format, benefiting the most reality show types of candidates. So that's now I'm depressed. We're about to go into the debate. We're we're about eight minutes away, and now I'm very sad. Well, you should drink more beer. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Um, while we're while I'm while I'm drinking more beer, what are some issues that you would like to see addressed tonight? Because in addition to healthcare that we saw last night, immigration, gun control, and a few other issues, 
because there was a little more d- depth, and I'm relatively speaking, I mean, we were still up to our ankles, but, you know, it's better than just the bottoms of our feet. Uh, <laughs> the, the, it, because we'll have more depth, less breadth, uh, and so there will be fewer issues. If you were picking the issues that were getting attention tonight as opposed to the short shrift, what would you want to see as a left-of-center voter who would like to... Now, we don't know what CNN's going to do because they're probably going to say, you know, are you going to take America's guns away? Right. But what, are, what would you like to hear happen? Uh, well, we got, we got to hear some uh, discussion of abortion rights, and we've got to hear some uh, discussion of civil rights and things like police brutality, LGBT rights, the rights of trans people. Like, I, I, There's just a lot that didn't get touched last night. Uh, I don't think... Was abortion mentioned last night? Not that I recall. Which is, given the fact that Roe is as tenuously in place as it is right now, and the Trump administration's promise to essentially push it out the door, um, this that seems... Well, I know that um, you know Senator Gillibrand has been, for example, very outspoken on this. I know that Senator Harris has been very outspoken on this. I would imagine that the benefit of having a bench this diverse is that you are you're not going to be able to avoid that the way you could, for example, when maybe Governor Hickenlooper is getting more time than he deserves. So that's hopeful. Are we hopeful about right. that? There's me uh, fewer discussions of breweries tonight, um, which, as much as I love a good brewery, not really relevant when it comes to November 2020. What was the context of that? I can't even remember how it... Like, how is that's it just justified? That's part of his bona fides. Whenever yeah. he talks about his credentials, he's yeah. like, I was... Jobless and broke, and then I started the biggest brew pub uh, in the world, yeah, or whatever. That's right. Yeah. There's so barely justifiable, in other words. And I guess we didn't hear much about climate change last night, but we know climate crisis. We know that uh, again, it was given kind of token issue status last night. But this has been a, an animating feature of Governor Inslee's campaign. Do you think that will get a lot of oxygen? Uh, in the room. More? I hope we get more time for Flint tonight. Yeah, mentioned once. Uh, mentioned just once. And like, what, two, three candidates got to talk about it like for 30 seconds? It's a strange decision again yeah. by the... It's just the mo- down the road and it's still a crisis. And here's an example. Now, I want to give credit. Now, yesterday I called Marianne Williamson on this, on this program crazy and I said that no one should uh, pay her any attention. However... To give credit where it's due, I thought she had the best answer on two things. One, reparations. Oh, hands down. And two, Flint, where she yeah. acknowledged that this is – she pointed out that, you know, the gross points right nearby and that would never have happened there. Yeah. These are these are good answers. Systemic and socialized racism. You're okay. Right. Talk me off the ledge. Should we should we dismiss Marianne Williamson? What, what am I supposed to feel about – Carolyn, tell me how to feel about this. I need. You're, I need. You're supposed to remember that, like a couple minutes on stage, does not define who she would be as a leader. Right. She's still as like an anti-vaxer yes. and like a crazy person. She still thought we could pray away AIDS or whatever. Like. To be fair, we don't know that that's not true. I know. We. I'm sorry. I'm being told we absolutely know that that's <laughs> not true. Uh, I, I'm. I'm being. Yeah. I'm being. I'm being pulled off the stage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. got canceled. Congratulations! Twice so, in one so in glad, one segment. So glad I could be here for this. <laughs> the the last episode of At the Table. Thank you all for being here. <laughs> I was here for the first and the last. You're this really so quite wonderful. Um, <laughs> I've <laughs> just been totally. People are going to find out about this. Uh, by the way, if you are um, 
listening to these on Twitter, or if you're listening to these and you are on Twitter, because I, they're not being broadcast on Twitter as far as I know, uh, th- if you're following along, hashtag at the table would be lovely. Uh, we will try to chime in and let you know what's happening with that. I, I just hope that people will heckle us. Be the Statler and Waldorf to us, because we will be doing some post-analysis as well, uh, and uh, hopefully giving a little bit of reaction to whatever is on the CNN debate stage. I guess you, you've been pretty clear, though, Carolyn, you're expecting the most from Biden and from Harris tonight. I imagine if, I'm, if I were to push even just a little bit further, I'm guessing that you're hoping that Harris outshines Biden a little bit. Uh, I am. I am. But I'm also, like, waiting for someone else to have a breakout moment. Like, Castro had one last time. Yes. Maybe, maybe this is Julebrand's time. I've been, I've been impressed or, by her, but yeah. she seems to be going nowhere. Who knows? Okay. Well, we're going we're gonna to brace ourselves, we're going to batten down our hatches, we're going to prepare and, and have a few more drinks. Uh, I'm Jared Rizzi. This is At the Table, the conversation that we've been having here at Local 16. Uh, if you want to be a part of these conversations, please come on down at 16th and U in Washington, D.C. If you're not in Washington, D.C., well, you're probably better off and happier. Um, but if you are here, please wow. come. T- I mean, look, I just, look, this, it's a heavy drinking town for a reason. Um, and, and by the way, cheers again to you and I uh, for, for doing this. Um, I'm just going to, hold on. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so we will be back after the debate, and, and Carolyn Fiddler, who is the communications director at Daily Coast, will join me again. Carolyn, thank you for this time. Thank you for the future time that you will be giving us in a few moments. And thank you for sitting through what will be a thing to Joyful. watch. Pure joy. What was Hickenlooper's? Uh, a great night. I loved it. <laughs> Let's hope that we can both say that after the uh, the conversation tonight. Sure. <laughs> I wish you could see the uh, effervescence is what I'm going to say on Carolyn's eyes right now. Again, I'm Jared Rizzi. So the, 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 the animating principle behind this conversation is that we need to be more hospitable to each other. And that's why I like to make sure that we're having this conversation in an accessible way, in a place where other people can join us and heckle us and talk to us and be a part of it. The other thing that I want to emphasize is that political conversations, whether they're on the debate stage in Detroit or in podcasts everywhere, for example, one of my absolute favorite jokes is what do you call a group of of white men? A podcast. Um, podcast, uh, These conversations are too white, too straight, too male. and, And while I am not myself doing away with any of those preconceived notions, I would like to make sure that as long as I've got a table, as long as I've got a microphone, as long as I've got some space, uh, we can make sure that that table is a little bit longer and a little bit wider and able to talk to as many other people as possible because I know that my point of view is but one of many, and I've already been canceled twice tonight, so clearly I need a lot more learning to do. Again, Jared Rizzi, at Jared Rizzi on Twitter. There's a Patreon for this. Uh, If you do a search for it, you can chip in, or you can just come down here. The full version of these conversations will be available for patrons, or if you're just down here and have a beer with me, please, God, we always talk about candidates, who's who's worth having a beer with. You can actually uh, come down and have a beer with me, and I am just as likely to be president as Bill de Blasio. So come on down to, to Local 16. Jared Rizzi at the table. We will be back after the CNN debates in Detroit, Michigan. Thank you.
all you candidates could do, facing all you could do not to just come over here. Donald Trump yeah. won this battleground <laughs> state by fewer than 11,000 votes, and the Democrats want it back. We can, as Americans, when we act together, do anything. This is the United States of America. When we've acted together, we have never, never, never been unable to overcome whatever the problem was. If you agree with me, go to Joe 30330 and help me in this fight. Thank you very much. Well, I think it was wonderful that everyone was able to uh, give out their websites, although I have no idea why Joe Biden couldn't get a, a better one. I would assume he could have... Uh, oh, no, he sent people a text. Oh, that's even... But he said, like... I, I, you know what? I don't... <laughs> anyway, I'm Jared Rizzi. This is a conversation called At the Table, a, podca- a new political podcast, and we've been lucky enough to be able to tape here at Local 16. Um, we've been going before and after these debates, and for the people who are in the room, it's just going to be a few more minutes of this conversation, and then we'll be done. Uh, just talking about some ideas. I'm, again, Jared Rizzi, former White House reporter, and before that, a uh, long time in restaurant business, which is where I thought of the idea of having a, a, a hospitality-based conversation because we need to be more hospitable to each other, which is why you and I have been enjoying a few beers, uh, Carolyn. And with me tonight, my guest tonight is Carolyn Fiddler, who's the communications director at Daily Coast, and talking a lot about the progressive line for these debates. We did not hear a lot of some issues that, frankly, I would have hoped to hear. We did not hear almost anything on abortion. We heard very little on foreign policy. We heard essentially nothing, I think, nothing on gun control. So let's talk about where we are. Carolyn, we are four nights, two debates, 20 candidates times two. It's okay. been a million hours of debates. What <laughs> do we? Correct, yes. What do we know now that we didn't know before? Well, let's see. Um, we know that uh, Kamala needs to get a little, uh, a little more up on defending her record as a prosecutor. That was her big uh, failure tonight, I thought. She was very strong on pretty much everything else, but up against Tulsi, of all people, she really seemed to falter when it came to defending her own record as a prosecutor in California. Um, and uh, Biden's uh, go-to trope, I think, it, it was wearing a little thin to me. I know I'm not the, the most... Biden, I, I'm Obama's friend. Yeah, like he kept going to that. I'm just like, how, how, how deep is that well? I think you already hit the bottom there. Especially when we're talking about race in a more empathetic way to say, you know, or, or even to have the questions of his, uh, he was accused of some of the sexism and some of the other questions, to throw those out there, that's not going to be a band-aid for everybody. And maybe the independent voters, maybe the, the uh, you know, who, who knows if the Trump voters are reclaimable. You and I probably agree that they're not, but they're, they're, the idea that maybe this is somebody that would vote for him in the future... Unlikely, but if you're trying to convince them, are they really going to be convinced by? Well, Barack Obama said I was okay. Absolutely not. It's not even a little. So I I wanted to. I said there was very little about abortion, and I know that you and I were talking about this during the conversation we were having uh, at this table uh, and over over some snacks and other things. The Hyde Amendment was the one part of this discussion that broke through tonight. 
Is that a res- especially given where we are on this issue, the tenuousness of Roe versus Wade, and what the president has promised his base about reproductive rights in the United States? How could we have gone through two nights, and this night with almost nothing, and even last night, very little on this fundamental issue? I mean, that, that, I've got to talk that mostly up to uh, the moderators. Like, CNN decided that wasn't important for some reason. And even if they just asked about, like, Supreme Court more generally, like, that would have been a good way yeah. for the candidates to pivot to, uh, to abortion and, uh, and, and put that in a broader context, even. Like, what do these candidates plan to do? About uh, about Supreme Court justices and getting nominees through a Republican-controlled Senate, et cetera. Like, that would have been really interesting. It's a very easy question to say, is this going to be a litmus test? It's a very easy question to say, what kind of judicial philosophy would you want? It would be a great answer to say someone who is going to expand rights, civil rights, LGBTQ rights, abortion rights. Like, this, this would be an easy answer, a layup for Democrats, and yet we haven't seen that. You and I talked about this before the debates, that we were expecting the moderators to be less than helpful because they were certainly less than helpful last night. They were framing essentially Republican talking points as questions, and they were called out. I think the person who was doing the most of that tonight was Senator Booker, who at least twice on my count pointed out, hey, guys, these are not the questions that our voters are going to care about, certainly not the way they're, they're framed. But how were the moderators compared to last night? Were there any changes that you saw, or were there any differences that were significant? Uh, or was it just uh, even for the, the different panelists tonight, it was a slightly different treatment? It was, I, thought it was, I thought they did a little bit of a better job than they did last night. I mean, it didn't hurt that I, fe- I, I felt less of Tapper's presence, to be honest. <laughs> and I think that helped. He was a little, he was a little less... Uh, eager to cut people off um, as abruptly as he was last night. I think they took some lessons. Uh, unfortunately, no lessons about the framing of the questions, but in terms of how to actually like move the discussion along, I thought they did a little better. I want to get to audience uh, some reaction from the crowd that we have here in Local 16 in a minute, but my last question for you, Carolyn, before we turn to some of the other folks that are here in the room with us uh, around this, these tables, let's talk about the dynamic that we anticipated. Before we th- had the debates tonight, we were talking a lot about we were expecting a gang up on Biden and Harris. <laughs> that was not the dynamic that we saw tonight. In fact, it was we saw a lot of ganging up on Biden and some really great tag teams, some some swapping in and out from Harris, uh, Gillibrand, Booker at times, even Michael Bennett getting some 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 skin in there. So, what? How does that change the debate? And how much damage can Biden suck up before he's? actually showing it because he's still doing very well in polls because there are a lot of old Democrats, apparently. That's true. Um, yeah, no, tonight was very much everybody hates Joe. Um, and, I mean, he took, some, he took some damage in the polls after the last debates when, uh, when uh, they did not go really well for him. And I think he can't claim tonight that they went really well for him. He didn't have the epic fails that he did in Miami, I don't think. But he certainly didn't come out on top. He seemed flat-footed in Miami. There was one answer that he seemed to be unprepared for, and that was the retaliation on Kamala Harris. Because he was totally unprepared, even though we knew it was a question. In fact, you and I talked about this in advance of the Miami debates, that he was going to get a question about South Carolina busing. It was going to be a thing. And yet it seemed like in Miami he had no idea that this was coming down the pike. Tonight... 
he had a pushback, and you you were right when you mentioned a minute ago, Tulsi Gabbard of all people managed to actually you know draw blood uh, from from Harris on this question about her record as a prosecutor. Biden seemed to be unwilling to even approach that. He's gonna if he's gonna go up against Donald Trump in a debate, you've got to be willing to play not not even dirty, but you know just push back. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why did we see that from him? Is that just who he is? That's a really good question. I wish I had a better answer for it. I'm, I don't understand his mindset coming into this. I think he's worried about coming off too mean. Um, I don't think he wants I think he, is, he has a paternalistic view of how he's supposed to conduct himself when debating a woman. Remember in advance of uh, the 2008 debates, he got training on how to debate, um, oh my gosh, um, Palin. Right. Because he didn't want to come off as too mean. Wait, no. Wait, you're talking... In 2008, this was... Yeah. He got special training. Like, I mean, any, any guy who's, even... who, who goes up against a woman in a debate gets training on how to not come off like a dick. Yeah, I've I participated in them. Okay. I know I said one more question, but I have to... What is the advice that you give people, and I'm going to be writing this down, to seem <laughs> less like a dick... When they're debating women, particularly, and, and this is going to be helpful for me, women that are smarter than them. Because that's not the case for Biden and Palin. But I often sometimes find, and my wife, for example, or other people, uh, what, what's your advice to not seem like a dick? I mean, there's, there's no, like, one-sentence answer, unfortunately. A lot of it is nonverbals, though. The ability to just comport yourself in a way that shows deference, respect, acknowledgement, eye contact. The, These sa- are, the same kind of body language you'd use with another dude, you got to use it with a woman. Otherwise, it... That shows. Yeah. And we saw, I think, maybe Cory Booker was the best at that tonight. Yeah. And he, he, he actually had a pretty uh, standout performance, I thought. Yeah. Considering. I thought the people who broke through the most, Harris, Gillibrand, Booker, even Michael Bennett, who I was not expecting to uh, kind of push through more in the second half. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Joe Button well. and Castro did well. He did well in the last one. Carolyn, thank you so much for the time. You've been here all night with me. Uh, this is a, a heavy lift. This debate was 17 hours long, and you and I uh, have been here through it. Carolyn Fiddler, the communications director, Daily Coast. Thank you so much for spending some time with me at the table. Thanks for having me. Of course. I want to thank our opening entertainer, the very, very funny Michelle Sometimes, the amazing staff here at Local 16, which includes Vince, Natalia, Eric all working tonight, Aman Ayub for letting us use his restaurant, use this space for this family-style meeting where we talk about difficult things and be vulnerable with each other. To my great team, I say a lot of crap about him, and I will continue to say a lot of crap about him because he deserves it. David Ross, you are, dis- despite everything that I've said about you, decent. Uh, and also, he is our producer tonight. Uh, Alana Morris is our assistant producer. She is also wonderful. Uh, thank everyone for braving the heat and the humidity of Washington, D.C., for being a part of this conversation and for trying to get past this to have a little bit more hope. Thank you so much. I'm Jared Rizzi at the table on Twitter at Jared Rizzi. It's also got a Patreon if you've got a few extra bucks. Uh, And the entire conversation, including everyone who came up here and tried to uh, unravel me at the end, will be available for for patrons only because I only want people who've already paid to know that uh, Svetlana beat me up. Thanks, everybody. Stunning data that the majority Thanks, of the everybody. Have a great night. were people who had been incarcerated before, an average of about 10 times. So the first thing we said is we got to stop locking.